Standing alone, each has his own ticket in his hand. As the evening descends, I start thinking about every man. Yes, I get it. Flute players have awesome Baroque music. That's about it. So, I made a goal that I wanted to make a flute recital that people would go to. Welcome to Waiting Here for Every Man. I'm Kendall Hallman. Each week on the show, I interview a regular person about the music in their life. This week, I spoke with Jason Baumgartner about his experiences trying to get a steady music education job and balancing that with raising a family. All right, let's do this. All right. Uh, so, uh, so Jason, the first question I always ask everyone um, is, uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, with, uh, with 1 being a, a casual hobbyist and 10 being an uncompromising professional musician, uh, where would you put yourself on that scale? Okay, I heard. Jeez, my my kid was screaming again. Yeah. <laughs> I heard a scale of one to five something musician. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, we'll try that again. We'll try that again. So on a scale, I'm sorry. Of, on a scale of one to ten, with uh, one being a, a casual hobbyist and ten being an uncompromising professional musician, where would you put yourself on on that scale? Being that I, I I do have a performer mindset, I have to put myself down at a three or a two. <laughs> Because, you know, performers always have to bash themselves. Right, right, right. So never be a 10. Never. Okay. Right. Well, yeah. Yes. Uh, yes. I, it's it's I, I like I like that question a lot because it does. I think it says uh, it says something about people and nobody ever gives me the answer that I think they're going to. Because, uh, I mean, your your career is in music, correct? Yep. I'm a music teacher. So so, you you know, you're uh, but but you still you still think of yourself as, as lower on that scale uh, in a perfect world where would you fall on that scale oh man I wish I was I wish I was an eight or a nine um, b- given the fact that I am a music teacher so my job is teaching music but once once the kids are gone I go straight into father mode uh-huh. so I'm father and I don't have a chance to go to rehearsals I don't have a chance to do the standard performing stuff. I ha- I have to do my parenting duties, which is what I'm doing right now. Right, right. So I can't really branch out and do that stuff that I could do when I was in college, mm-hmm. when I was rooming with you. <laughs> right, right, right. Yes. Um. So, uh, uh, aside from so so aside from uh, from from your 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 career, your your you know your 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 teaching. Um, do you do you have any any spot for for music in your regular life? Um, usually, the place that I've found is church. I still attend church every Sunday, and so I try to do that. Um, besides that, I still do the I still do the same thing with with I try to do music with the kids as much as I can at home. Mm-hmm. I have an organ at home, and I play my music when I can, and that's really all I can do. Okay. Okay. Um, so with, uh, with church, do you, uh, do you, uh, perform with the, with the choir or anything, or are you just saying you, you know, you go to church and you sing along with the congregation? As of right now, it's sing along with the congregation, but I am in a period of flux. I don't know if you heard recently, but like two months ago, I just moved back to Ohio. Mm -hmm. Um, I was in Michigan for the last six years. So right now I'm attending church, but I'm just going there to sing because i'm still getting my foot like i'm still trying to plant my roots in this area right right. um but the other thing i didn't mention was that when i was in michigan i was singing in the choir and i was also a local musician where i was hired to play pit for various orchestras and things like that okay um for uh what's that what types of groups were you were you playing with more community groups or with school groups or um I did a lot of community groups, um, but most of the stuff I was hired for was either community or school related. Mm-hmm. So I performed. I per, I was an instrumentalist for choir concerts for the local school. I also did uh, school musicals where I played Pitt in the musical. 
-hmm. And I also was in the community orchestra where I played percussion of all things. And, uh, yeah. So I did a lot of stuff like that, but that Uh, was a while ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, uh, in the last, in the last uh, year or two, I've sort of been teaching myself drums a little bit. Uh, does it doesn't surprise me. It doesn't surprise me that you as a, as a, actual musician are able to we're able to play uh percussion in orchestrates you know not that hard to pick up yeah well the, the part that made it hard for me was that i played timpani and that one had a little bit more of a learning curve oh okay yeah yeah <laughs> compared to just like playing snare drum or something right 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 yeah yeah i i don't know i've i mean i've never i've never played in a percussion section like i you know my percussion is mostly uh toys that kindergartners have uh or or a little bit of drum set uh yep but uh but it does i, I don't know it's it's interesting uh I, I feel like that would be an interesting uh sort of setting um so uh so you you know you you've got a formal degree in music uh how many how many instruments would do you really feel like you can play and how many instruments do you or or, or i mean what well what instruments do you play and uh, and and what and of those instruments that you could theoretically play, which ones do you really feel that you excel at? Okay, so I've had this question asked a lot. You know, how many instruments you play? So just to categorize it, when I say I play this instrument, it means I feel comfortable performing on it. Okay, if that helps categorize it a little bit. Right, right. Um, so the ones that I do feel comfortable playing on, obviously flute, because flute is my main instrument. Um, so flute, piccolo, um, I was, uh, you, you, I don't know if you remember, but I'm, I'm, I was also a trombone player. Right. So I play trombone fairly regularly still. I still pick it up and play it occasionally. So like trombone, baritone, um, saxophone, I just, I've picked up over the last time just because of all these pit performances I did. Um, I was a woodwind player. So it was one of those where I played flute, piccolo, clarinet, saxophone, and oboe. Right, right, All right. All one part, <laughs> which, which one time I ended up instrumental wise, I ended up making up the whole section or mm-hmm. half of the pit. Oh, wow, wow, <laughs> which was kind of fun. Um, but that being said, I have picked up clarinet. I've made it by on clarinet. I would never consider myself a clarinet player. Okay. Um, but saxophone I could do. Um, tuba I could probably do with with a little bit of practice to get my chops back into it. Mm-hmm. Trombone, baritone, flute. Um, and drums for the most part, not so much keyed instruments, but if you give me like drum set, I could probably play drum set parts or if not, I could make something up. Right. Right. Um, you could keep a beat on a drum set. I could definitely keep a beat on a drum set. Um, and then, uh, yeah. So like, I don't know if you want to count Tiffany as another one. So probably six instruments. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, I think, uh, I think that the woodwind instruments, uh, it's kind of like it's kind of like when you're a guitar player and you can play guitar and bass guitar and ukulele and you know they're all they've got it's a similar skill set so I feel like the transition between those instruments is is not uh not too crazy. I honestly found the transition between brass instruments easier than woodwind. Oh, really? Yeah, cuz when I picked up trombone I played trombone, and then the next one, I and this and this was all in high school. I started mm. in high school, and then I switched to tuba, and it was a learning curve because I had a bigger amateur. But then when I found out the reference between trombone and tuba fingerings were similar, okay, yeah, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, when I found that out, I had a chart literally right next to me of first position equals this fingering, right, second right, position right. equals this fingerings, and I was sight reading tuba music doing that. Mm-hmm. And and I picked it up really quickly, and then my senior year of high school there was a baritone part. They needed a par- baritone player, and uh, there were already four baritone players. But frankly, they all sucked. Right. right. So so I decided, oh sure, why not? Let me pick up baritone. Two weeks before the audition, never touched a baritone in my life, and I got first chair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I just think it was because I just feel like they transfer really well, and then uh-huh. trumpet. Is the same thing. Like I can think of the fingerings. Like I can do chromatics without mm-hmm. even thinking about it on it, and all that stuff. But I didn't feel the same way about woodwind. That's that's interesting. Yeah, because because more. I mean, yeah, like pit orchestra parts. A lot of times you are they have 
a woodwind player that that jumps from from thing to thing. I remember in high school we would have some. It was a mix of students and and professionals Professional. that would that would work in there. And the uh, so like there would be a clarinet player who was just playing the clarinet, and she would play like on for like two bars on one song. And then she would sit out because it was actually a woodwind part, you know, so she'd sit out while the saxophone players were playing their parts. And then she'd come back in for, you know, four bars here. Uh, I, I was it was kind of an interesting, uh, an interesting little setup there. Yeah, I still remember the one time I was playing. Um, are you familiar with Susical the musical? I am. Yes. Okay, I play I played pit for that one, and I was a woodwind part. And I still remember, I still will never forget when I had to play piccolo, and then it was a kind of a fast upbeat song. I want to say 160 BPM or something like okay. that, and I had four beats to switch instruments. <laughs> I I ended up taking my coat, wadding it up, and putting it on the floor, and I had and I had to switch from piccolo to saxophone, and I had the saxophone on my neck ready to go. And I was playing the piccolo part. I took the piccolo, threw it at my at my jacket, and then just got up the saxophone ready to go. <laughs> that's that's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> so the, the yeah, the playing different woodwind instruments. I will say it's probably one of the most fun experiences I've had, but it definitely was a learning curve. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, definitely, definitely. <laughs> I am operating off of. See, you and I haven't talked in so long that I really don't know very much about. Uh, anything that you do musically except for that you do musically so i'm operating off of a list of questions that i wrote for a completely different person uh so uh one so i did i did about 30 seconds of research on you today and i went to your facebook page and of course (laughs) and un and unlike most people you actually have put i think every job you've ever had on your facebook (laughs) page it's so ugly (laughs) so I mean, you, you don't have to tell me about when you were a sandwich artist at Subway, but I am kind of curious um, about some of the different some of the differences because you've been a music teacher at a lot of different schools. And what what are some of the yes. some of the differences in those different settings? Oh, man, I uh, if you talk to any of my close friends and stuff like that that know about my career, like teaching has I've just managed to get the short straw when it comes to a lot of jobs. Um, I would get a job, full-time job, all that stuff, and then have it for six weeks, and Mm. then they lay me off or something like that. (laughs) And that's why I've been jumping all over the place from job to job Mm -hmm. because I think I've had a music position since 2014, but since 2014 I've held one, two, uh, three, four, five, six jobs since 2014. Now was so, was that because the you're like they were eliminating music departments in in the schools or um one of one of them was definitely that one of them one uh, won the job that I held for 6 weeks they laid me off and it completely eliminated the music program at that school mm-hmm. um that one sucked um the one I had after that they actually were downsizing okay so they so they they had two music teachers in the district. They managed to condense it down to one, and the other music teacher had more experience than me. So, right, right. I got, so I got laid off on that one. Um, another position, uh, it was a uh, sub to hire position. Okay. Uh, they had to pull a teacher. They had to pull the teacher out. He quit in the middle of the year. So I took over as a sub till the end of the year. And when the end of the year came around, uh, they decided to hire someone with more experience. Mm-hmm. So that one, that one's that one. I'm 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 a, still a little bitter about. I'm like, come on, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, what makes it even better is that like the students were constantly reaching out to me, saying like like on Facebook and stuff like that, sending me Facebook messages saying, "Hey, where where are you? Like, we're wondering what happened." And I'm like, I didn't call me back. <laughs> right, right. Um, yeah, man, it's yeah, that's that's a that's a really that's really interesting. I mean, it's terrible, but it's also really really interesting cuz I kind of uh I kind of I I kind of feel like um I mean, everybody in our generation, we were told you go to college, you follow the rules, you get a job, you know. And a lot of us like me got useless degrees in business uh and and have struggled with, you know, with finding with finding what we what we wanted to do or um it's it's i i feel like i feel like i've had 
more friends who've had more success studying education. Uh, but I guess, I guess the, you know, the music, yeah, music downsizing and all that, all those, all those things you always hear about is it, it's a real thing. Oh, oh, it's real. I've seen it. <laughs> yeah. It's <clears throat> the thing that I've been learning is I've been wondering that too, because you run into a lot of educators that are doing really successful. Like one of the ones I always, I kind of keep tabs on is if you remember Sam Hershey, uh, from Capitol, um, he ended up getting a band position over in, I want to say Grove city and he's moving up the ladder there. He was, he started out as an assistant band director at the middle school and now he's a uh-huh. the middle school band director and he's actually next in line for high school band director position <clears throat> so he's doing really well for yeah. himself but the ones <clears throat> but and there's a bunch of or there's a few people from capital that i graduated with that were successful but the ones you don't hear about the ones that weren't successful um those people those people they kind of just quietly sneak out the back door um like I'm trying to think of a good example. Like one of uh, like one of the ones I remember is uh, one of the saxophone players who was a year ahead of me. He was a sax he was a saxophone player. He was a music ed vocal and instrumental dual major, and he graduated and he was going straight and he was he did really well in his classes and he went straight for his master's in music ed, and now he works at Air Apostle. Mm. And and you don't really hear he doesn't really say I'm going to Air Apostle. He just kind of, you know, moves yeah. out of the career he's been going for for the last, let's say, eight years. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that's that's crazy. So um, a a lot of times uh, when when we when you know when I when I when 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 I think about music teachers, I think of big the big band directors and things. Uh, but it sounds like it sounds like more of your experiences are are with where you are a where you are a music teacher. So you're you're probably wearing a number of different hats. Um, can you tell tell me a little bit about what what that was like and what you know what some of your responsibilities were in those types of settings? That greatly varied depending on school. Mm-hmm. That every, every job I've had, I've had monstrously different positions. Um, like. My first job, which was in Bryan, Ohio, that one I was a music teacher, but it was but it was only part time. I only taught two days a week. Okay. Um, but it was strictly music, so it was so that one was a really nice experience. I came in, I taught music, I left. Um, but when we went into more of the questionable ones, uh, like my job in uh, I don't know if you you saw on my Facebook, I had one job in Illinois. Um, when I was teaching in Illinois. That one was a music teacher slash aide. Okay. Where I was a music teacher, and then I also aided in other classes when I wasn't teaching. And then um, another job I had, uh, let's see, Morenci, I was a band director, where I taught band, and then I had one high school choir class, so I taught choir as well. Mm-hmm. And then the job I got at Albion that one, I was a choir director, a band director, and an elementary music teacher. So oh. that one, I, that one, I wore a lot of hats. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the the winner by far was Concord, the job I had, uh, the job I just recently resigned from last year. Um, that one, uh, I taught elementary music, and then I also taught elementary and middle school computer classes. <laughs> because in Michigan, you're not required to have a licensure for that. As long as you are an educator, doesn't matter in what subject, you can teach computers. Which in this day and age, kind of, I find very odd. What, um, what, what, how, how in depth was the computer teaching that you were that you were doing? Is that, are you talking about teaching a Microsoft Office, or are you talking about? Uh, programming or what, what types of things were you teaching? I was dabbling in a little bit of everything. Um, for me, the, it was a very lax program. So it's pretty much just saying, do with it what you want. Um, I, I, being that I, I don't know if you know this, but I'm kind of a computer guy. So I, my dad was a computer programmer. Okay. So I picked up a lot of stuff from him. All of my friends ended up being engineers. I ended up being the the uh, the odd duck that ended up going into something else, 
Um, and all and, of your friends are making lots of money. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the I, I'm I'm going slightly off off subject, but I had one friend that every time I talk to him, I feel like a moron. Because there was one time uh, he wished me a happy birthday on Facebook, and I sent him a message. And I was like, "Hey, Rob, how's it going? You know, how, things going good?" And he goes, "Yeah." And I said, "And and I noticed on his Facebook that he had an internship for NASA." <laughs> and I said, "So, uh, how's NASA treating you?" And he says, "He says, oh, NASA's great." He goes, "But I plan to move up in the world." <laughs> and I thought to myself, I'm "Like." Where the hell do you go from NASA? <laughs> and lo and behold, he ended up getting a job with the Marines, and now he helps design fighter jets, and he's a test pilot. Yeah, well, I so yeah, yeah. So he's a guy that makes me feel like an idiot. Uh, uh, but anyways, I digress. Um, so teaching computers wasn't too bad for me because I I knew I knew what people needed to know. Mm-hmm. So with like the younger kids it was super easy. It was just teaching them how to point and click and how to use a mouse. Right. Which a lot of people are surprised about because um a lot of little kids don't know how to use mouses. Which by the way mouses is the technical term. Mouses and mice both work interchangeably when it comes to computers. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I looked it up. <laughs> I um, I was I I was almost going to ask you that. <laughs> um, but but a lot of little kids don't know how to do it because they're used to touchpads and touchscreens. Oh, that's that's interesting. So they don't know how to do that. So I, you have to teach them that. And then, of course, the keyboard. So I teach them a lot of typing skills because a lot of, um, a lot of testing is now on computers. So mm. they need to know how to use keyboards and mouse and mouses, mice, to take these tests. And yeah. I, it was my job to teach them. Well, and they don't have AOL Instant Messenger to to teach them to type like like we had. So yeah, and I heard they're actually going to shut down AIM, or if they haven't already. Yeah, in some, the next... yeah, something like that. Makes Sometimes me so soon. sad. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, <laughs> it's it's sad, but it's also uh, uh, something. Yeah, and then um, but going back to what you were talking about in the later grades, I did do some brief introduction to programming. Okay. Um, it was very, very basic. I don't know how much experience you have with, with coding or anything. I took, I took one semester of Q basic in high school. Okay. It was probably even basic, more basic than that. Um, mine, what I taught was something called block coding, where instead of you typing in what you need to do with the brackets and, uh, command, whatever it is, um, this one, you just had to, they had the commands literally in English saying, move up, move down, mm-hmm. uh, repeat this command and you click and you click and drag it and you click it together like Legos. Interesting. So, Interesting. It, it was a basic way to do it, but it was pretty much programming for video games. Oh, they had, well. you had to tell a, uh, a guy to go to a certain place and they had to move it. And then they said, okay, you can only do it in so many blocks mm-hmm. or so many mm-hmm. commands. Right. So right. they have to narrow it down and using repeat commands and if then oh, commands. Good like lucky that. think maybe manager want to write goddamn login page himself. Good lucky not say it out loud. Good lucky not crazy. Just proud. Good lucky like Speedos. Good lucky like Tavern Mountain Dew. Good lucky, very simple man. The big, warm, fuzzy secret heart. Good lucky like you. Okay. So, um, one thing uh, that is uh is is kind of kind of interest or kind of uh obvious probably a challenge for you, I would imagine. You've had various jobs. You were in Michigan. You had a job in Illinois. Now you're in Ohio, uh, and you have. A wife and kids um how how did that what uh what types of uh challenges did that did balancing those two things i was, I was waiting for you to ask how did that happen and i was gonna have to explain the birds <laughs> and the beast <laughs> so you're saying how is the pretty much you're asking about my work-life balance yeah yeah um um speaking of which hold on just a second hey guys get out of mommy and daddy's room okay I know. I know. All right. So, uh, anyways, all right. I gotta keep talking, okay? 
All right. So, anyways, work-life balance. <laughs> um, it's it's been a huge flux for a while. Um, when I have it, oh, and in case you didn't know, I don't know if you looked in that deep, but I have two kids. I have a daughter and a son. I have a daughter and a son. Um, my daughter is five years old, and my son is three right now. Um, when my daughter was born, I didn't have a full-time job at the time. So I was just, st- I was a stay at home dad mm-hmm. with my, with my daughter. So I'm very, so, and, and, uh, that it was a great experience. It, it was like a kick in the face into, into parenthood for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but then when my son was born, not long after my son was born, I moved to Illinois, but I knew that job wasn't going to last very long. I wasn't sure how it would be. So I actually had my, I actually had my family stay in Michigan while I by myself moved to Illinois and I just transferred all my funds to them. Okay. Um, so I was, so my goal was to spend the least amount of money in Illinois and spend the rest of it over on my family. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, and I'm sure you can relate to this with your experience in California. <laughs> right, 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 right. Um, so I, I, I was proud to say I, I managed to go, I managed to average out at about $18 a week. Uh, <laughs> that's, yeah, that's not very much money. That was, that's how I, okay, minus, minus rent. Right, right, right. Okay, so I took rent and utilities out of the way and all that stuff, and I was spending $18 a week on groceries and gas. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's less than $3 a day. That's, that's impressive. That's impressive. Yeah, and, and I was pushing, and while I was there, I was I was pushing two jobs, or no, three jobs, and I was actually going to pick up a fourth, but then uh, I ended up finding a job back in in uh, the area, so I was able to move out, and that's when I was a sandwich artist, and mm-hmm. uh, I was a teacher, and I was a um, free samples guy at Walmart. Oh wow! And I was picking up a fourth job, being a climbing t- climbing instructor for the YMCA. <laughs> That's yeah, that's that's crazy. Um, yeah. So anyways, <laughs> when I ended up moving back, um, I picked up a job in Perrysburg. I don't know if you know Perrysburg, Ohio. Uh, not not off, not off the top of my head now. OK, it's a it's a suburb of Toledo. OK, um, so I so I was managing to commute from Michigan, which was about an hour um, to my job in Perrysburg. And during that time, my wife didn't have a full time job, so she was a stay at home mom. Um, the only time it got complicated was then my wife finally got a full-time job and that was in Tiffin. And I don't know if you know where Tiffin is in Ohio. Uh, I don't know. Okay. Um, do you know where Finley, Ohio is by uh, chance? Uh, vaguely. Yeah. Okay. It's on, it's on I-75 on the okay. west side of, of Ohio, about 45 minutes south of Toledo. Okay. Um, Tiffin is about a half hour east of that. So I, 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 it's close to Finley. That's the only right, place right, that's close right, to right, right. It's, it's farm fields in the middle of nowhere. Um, but anyway, so my wife got a job there, and I had a job up in Concord where I was commuting an hour from, mm. from my house. So our jobs were three hours away from each other. Wow. Um, she, But we decided instead of her commuting an hour and 48 minutes to her job every day that she would – commute from she would actually spend the week in finley ohio which is where her and i are both from right right and she would live with her parents during the week and then come up on the weekends i called it a weekend marriage <laughs> that's, that's and, crazy which is both good and bad if, for those of you that have been married <laughs> yeah yeah well yeah. <laughs> um but anyways it made it very hard on the kids though oh definitely so, so i was so i was actually the primary parent during that time that she would be down there by herself and I would take the kids to daycare and pick them up every day. Um, they, at one point they had daycare over in Concord. So they commuted the hour with me to Concord. And then the year after that, I managed to find a place near my house so I could drop them off, leave for an hour, do my hour commute, teach, commute my hour back to pick them up. By the time that happens, sometimes 12 hours has passed yeah. before I come up. Wow. So 
they, they, they grew up to be good kids, though. They're, they're both attending the school that I teach at right now, which is only 10 minutes away. Oh, well, that's, that's great. Sounds like you've, uh, sounds like you've, uh, you've, uh, arrived somewhere, you know, we'll wait for the other shoe to drop, but, uh, but yeah, it sounds like. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> um, so, uh, tell me about your, about your, uh, about your current position, your new position. My current position is, is one that when I took the position, it was one of the first ones where I felt like, okay, I feel like I could stay here for a while. And that's my, that's the first time I've felt that way. Of all of my jobs, where I'm like, okay, I could stick around here for a while. This one I'm teaching at a Catholic school in Toledo, um, called Jesu Elementary. Okay. And and the reason why it's a place I'd I'd love to stick around is because um, one, it's a Catholic school, and me being Catholic myself, I just feel more like a more sense of community. Mm-hmm. And two, I have never had more of a supportive staff. Um, just by not just teachers, but administration as well. That's great. Um, just one of those things where I'm like, Hey, I'm looking into this plan and they'll just say, all right, tell us what you need and we'll get it for you. And, and I've never had that before. Usually I've gotten uh nah, it's not in the budget, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. So, um, in fact, one thing that this school doesn't have, and, the, and I noticed, and I brought it up, as I said, I noticed you guys don't have a band program. It's a K-8 to school. And I thought that it'd be nice for them to have a band program. Mm-hmm. They said, why, would you be willing to teach it? I said, yeah, I'd do that. And they're <laughs> like, sweet, we'll do it next year. I'm like, sweet. <laughs> <laughs> so now you're, now you're going to have a whole band of, uh, of beginners. <laughs> yeah, and I get to start a program from the bottom up. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. From, from what I understand, they haven't had a band program in at least 20 years. Wow. Wow. So, and it's just because the current music, the music teacher I took over for, um, he was a choir guy. Right, right. It was strictly that, and more specifically musical theater. Okay. So he had, he did like middle school musicals and stuff like mm-hmm. that, which I plan to keep going, but, but yeah, uh, for, la- for no pu- pun completely intended, band wasn't his forte. Right. Wow. <laughs> so okay. I- so I'm going to, I'm going to ask a few, a few questions that are a little more big picture pie in the sky stuff. We've talked a lot about your personal experiences, but I want to know your opinions. All right. Um, opinions. Let's do so, this. So, uh, so, um, do you feel, so there is a, there is a criticism of people who have had extensive formal music education that maybe some of their, some of their creativity is stifled by, by too much, by learning the, you know, learning the rules and too much, too much having that, having that, pounded into you over and over again do you feel there's any validity to that um or what is, or what is your response to that oh, idea this is the this is the meat and potatoes of this conversation <laughs> oh man okay um so you're talking are you talking about in the music classroom setting like in public education in general you're saying that teachers are 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 kind of muddied down by the rules or are you talking about students? Um, I am talking about music, sort of musicians in general, just, just uh, across the board. Typically I, I ask this question to almost everybody. And most of the people that I, that I interview are more, more in a, are more performers. So, you know, that's, you can apply it that way or you can apply it however you want. Okay. Um, speaking on an educator standpoint, um, and this is, and this actually doesn't apply to music. This applies to any subject K to 12. There is a lot of crap that teachers have to go through just to teach a subject. Okay. Um, it's uh, the frustrating part for me is is not only teaching a subject, but showing proof to somebody who wasn't in the room that I taught the subject and that they understand it and that the students understand it and put it in a format so that the person that isn't looking at that hasn't been in the class understands what I'm doing. Yeah. So it's it, it it's a lot of stupid paperwork. Yes, you can clean up. Um, and so, speaking as a musician, I completely agree with that a hundred percent. I could, I, I ran into some problems with grading in my other courses because there's times where I because grading is what I'm talking about essentially. Right, right. Is that I can teach these subjects, they can sing, they can dance, and stuff like that, but grading them on their performance. Well, here's the problem I've run into. If I grade them based on their performance, based on how they do, then I have an ABCDF method 
five kids that aren't singing well, I give them an F, you know? Right. And, and I have been given major flack for it. And, and the big one is, is how, quote unquote, how does my kid fail music? <laughs> and so I have to say, I'm like, cause they aren't participating cause they're not doing the work. And, I'm, and sometimes I have a kid that literally does nothing, just screams and shouts. Now this is in the younger elementary level. And yeah, I give him an unsatisfactory. I give him an F, whatever it is. And I get flack for it mm-hmm. because it's music. No one should get Fs in music. Mm. So, so you want me to grade these kids, but you don't want me to grade the kids properly. Mm-hmm. So, I, so I'm running into, into flack about that. And then on top of that um, – Back to kind of more what your question was gearing towards saying that, like, were you kind of gearing towards stifling creativity? Right, right. Yeah, that's that's kind of that's kind of where I where I think of it. Yes, I feel like that right there makes creativity very difficult because it's hard to grade creativity on a A, B, C, D, F scale. Because okay. it's kind of because creativity is very much a unique uh, person by person basis, while an A, B, C, D, F method is a much more comparison of the student body. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I find that difficult. Um, and on top of that, I know as an elementary school teacher, I am a big, big, big advocate that they have to know the basics. So I'm always the one that's grinding rhythms into them, grinding pit, pitch recognition into them and exercising it so that when they want to pick up an instrument, they know the basics. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I haven't really had a chance to do creativity with, with the younger kids, I've, I've tried and there's like a lot of ways to do it, but I, I know it's a weak point in my teaching personally, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that definitely makes sense. Um, that actually, that actually kind of raises another question or that, or statement that you can respond to. I don't know if it's technically a question, uh, in my limited time teaching, I, taught I taught private lessons guitar lessons for a little while and you know we were in school together so I have a little bit of a little bit of a formal education and whatnot um yeah I feel like with especially with well with younger kids or with beginning sort of the the begin beginning musicians um I mean I I don't want to say that that the fundamentals aren't important um, but what I kind of feel like is the most important thing about, uh, yes, if somebody, you know, getting somebody to stick with music basically is, yeah. is getting them to be excited. Um, how do you, how do you balance, uh, sort of that, you know, you know, teaching them the fundamentals and grinding in the, the, the pitch and stuff while still, you know, develop fostering a love of music in, in the kids. And that is that is a struggle I'm still dealing with, especially at the new school I'm at right now, because um, I'm not I, I want to start off by saying that I, I I have to compare myself to the previous teacher because the previous teacher was there 19 years. Right. And so he has a well-established program that was his. And now I am dismantling it brick by brick and making it my own. Um, and a lot of the stuff I did that students really like. A lot of the things that I do, the students like the previous guy better. Right. And so I'm I'm running into that issue right now, and it's it, it's a it's a major struggle for me right now. Um, I'm a big advocate of teaching the fundamentals. I try to foster the love of music through application, though, mm-hmm. because the big question I always get when I'm teaching is, okay, so that's A, that's E. What's the point? And so. Um, to give an example, one of the things I did was we were learning about pitches and rhythms and I did the rhythms part. We worked on it. We got drums out and we did rhythm stuff that way. I put stuff on the board. They had to do it on the drums, which they thought was really cool Mm -hmm. that they were able to literally read music. They could see it, not know what it sounds like, and then be able to figure out what it is, Mm -hmm. which really helped them go, okay, this is cool. And then I did the notes and what I did was, is I did the same thing. I gave them xylophones and then I put a song on the board and I said, all right, guys, what song is this? And it was some simple nursery rhyme. Mary had a little lamb, twinkle, right. twinkle, a little star. And they sat there and tried to figure it out on the xylophone. And then the first one that got it right would get a prize. So that that's, that's what I've been trying to do. 
But the part I'm running into right now is that the school I'm teaching at is largely African-American okay. uh, students. And they and I'm starting to learn that their culture learns music much differently. Um, not like bad or good, but just different. Mm-hmm. Um, the, I'm, I'm majorly oversimplifying it when I say this, so I, I hope this doesn't come off as a stereotype. But I'm, I'm gathering that African-Americans tend to learn music more audibly, orally. Mm-hmm. Um, they struggle more on the reading music aspect. But if you give them a song and listen to a song, they're able to make up a beat that sounds phenomenal, but they'd never be able to write it down. Mm-hmm. And I feel like my upbringing was a little bit of the opposite. Where right, right. we listen to a song, okay, that sounds good, and then you give us music to play through it, and we're like, oh, sweet, and we can read that. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, got got to be careful when you're talking about this kind of stuff, because we're two white guys, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but, uh, I, I have, in my, in my time working with, uh, with, uh, fo- not even, not even necessarily that it's, that it's specifically, like, at, like, like, a racial thing but like you know different people who grew up in different in different atmospheres you know uh i think probably uh suburban white boys a lot a lot we we're much more likely to have like piano lessons and and or or have our parents who were formally trained you know sitting sitting at the piano you know uh, reading music, you know, practicing in front of the piano with a, with a chart in front of them, as opposed to, uh, other, other, you know, maybe lower income, maybe inner city type, uh, type people who, who maybe learn, learn their instruments more, who are more self-taught and it's a more, um, you know, uh, yeah, something like that. You, you get what I'm saying. I was see what you're talking about. Um, the, 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 yeah, but I guess I should have verified that what I'm comparing to is when I, I'm looking at the younger ages. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm looking at like the, the part that blew my mind that, that was really a culture shock for me was when um, I w- we had a dance like a like a school wide dance pep rally thingy okay. out in the parking lot. And so I was playing. I played the hokey pokey. You know, for the little kids. Right. And I was like, okay, hokey pokey. So I did the hokey pokey. They loved it and all that stuff. I did the cha-cha slide. They loved it. And I was like, okay, for the middle schoolers, I'll do um, – oh, shoot. What was the song? Um, uh, all right. Oh, uh, Whip and Nene. Okay. For the middle school. So I was like, yeah, I'll do the Nene. I saw first graders dancing the stanky leg. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm looking at it. I'm like – and it wasn't just one kid; it was the whole class. Uh-huh. I'm like, dude, how do they know that dance? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, they have you know they have older siblings and parents and and stuff. You know, that's yeah. I guess like I mean, I think that a lot of my I mean, you know, I guess why why I was saying why I was saying that what I was saying applies to even even the really young people. A lot of my foundation in music came from. Literally, it came from my mom playing the piano when I was three years old. You know, it was it was uh, so, sort of seeing that growing up in that. Now watch me whip. Now watch me nana. Now watch me whip, whip. Watch me nana. Now watch me whip. Watch me nana. Now watch me whip, whip. Watch me nana. Can you do it? Now watch me. Watch me. So what um what would you say as a either as either as a as a as a musician as a performer as a as an educator what would you say your proudest moment is? Ooh. Well, the one I would say my proudest moment is probably my senior recital. Um, when I, in my with Capital, um, it was one of those that I I felt like I had a lot of hurdles that I put on myself. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I, I set myself a goal when I was, when I was doing my, when I was putting together my flute recital, um, I don't know if you knew this, but when I was, when I was at Capitol, I was at a lot of recitals 
because um, I was sta- I did stage managing stuff where I moved right. like chairs and stuff like that, and I was also a sound tech guy. And there were two separate jobs, but they both involved recitals. Mm-hmm. So I was at recitals all the time. You know how I do, how you do 10 required recitals? Right. Well, I was like – at the end of the semester, I was easily over 25. Easily. Um, and the one thing I learned was that of all recitals to go to, the most boring ones were flute recitals. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I could I could have told you that. I'm a flute player, and I was, and I'm saying that I'm like, except God, for, these are boring. Except for maybe woodwind quintet recitals. Okay, those aren't bad. And I was like, <laughs> God, I just felt like they all, all the songs felt the same. And I'm a flute player. Yeah. Like, like, yes, I get it. Flute players have awesome baroque music. That's about it. Mm. So, I made a goal that I wanted to make a flute recital that people would go to. So it was. It was a very, very out there goal. And so I picked music that was like completely out there. Um, I remember my flute professor, Dr. Jelly, she's just like, I seriously don't know where to help you in some of these songs. (laughs) Because uh, I picked – there was one piece that I transcribed from scratch. Um, I actually ended up doing a a Jethro Tull cover. Okay. um, Where I actually – I don't know if you remember the MIDI band that was at Capitol. I yeah I, rem- I remember I remember it existing. Yes, I I got the I was in the MIDI band at the time, um, and I was playing uh, MIDI saxophone for them, and so I got them to play at my recital for the Jethro Tall cover by, cover song. So I had a whole rock band for my final yeah. piece. Um, and well, well, th- you had a whole MIDI band. I- it was it was. <laughs> All right, you're gonna know that way. All right, it was it was a it was a fake rock band. How's that? Does that make you <laughs> no, feel that's, better? That's that's fine. I I I actually have plenty of respect for for weird weird instruments, uh, especially electronic stuff, because that's actually the area of music that I have like the least. Well, except for maybe hip hop, uh, that I have the like the least knowledge. Uh, but yeah, yeah, go ahead. But anyway, so I did that. I also did another one where um, I, I uh, pretty much turned my flute into an electric guitar and I hooked it up to an amplifier and put it through some uh, equalizers and put it through a loop pedal. Oh, okay. Um, and so I ended up di- like using – I used overdrive. I used looping. I used echo effects. I used reverb and did an improv piece Okay. Um, over top of it. Um, and then I did a flute quartet that actually used all four flutes. Like I had a, I already know I had uh, two flutes, an alto flute and a bass flute. Okay. For, for this piece. So, and I transcribed it. My, I, I arranged it myself and it was actually based on, it was actually a song from final fantasy. Okay. Okay. So, and then on top of that, on top of all that, I did a piccolo concerto, which is not super common. Right. Right. Especially because, Nobody really heard me play piccolo the entire time I was at Capitol. I never played piccolo for anything. Hmm. So most people that did piccolo at the recital were like piccolo players for the Wind Symphony or Symphonic right, Winds right. or something like that. And so I and I, I feel like I accomplished my goal and I worked really hard. Um, it I, wasn't like I forgot how I for I've been so out of things for so much. I forgot how ridiculous concert band names are. Oh, Wind, Symphonic Wind Winds Symphony and, Symphony. and Symphonic Winds are two different groups. <laughs> yep, that, that was that was ridiculous. Yeah, see, I like I like how my band did it in high school. We had we had the Wind Ensemble, and then we had Concert Band. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, those are really easily dis- distinguishable. <laughs> <laughs> you have the Wind Ensemble, the Wind Symphony, the Symphonic Winds, the Symphonic Ensemble. Oh God. <laughs> Just taking winds and symphony and just <laughs> interchanging it and mangling it into whatever you want and insert orchestra here. Okay, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm so, sorry, sorry to interrupt you. I just like that's that's one of my favorite things about this podcast is when like either is is when like there's some some little piece of a particular corner of music that kind of 
you know, if you're in that world, you totally you you, you feel like it's totally normal. But like, if you're outside you know, of that like, world, that's crazy. Oh yeah. All right. I mean, I mean, have you ever have you ever had like it makes me think of those moments when you're talking to a musician just like out in public or something like that or you're with oh that even better. You're with either friends or family that are not musicians and you run into somebody that is a musician and you start talking about like a certain piece of music and you start talking about like the chord changes or you start talking about things like that right. and you just start ta- talking in a different language and everyone uh-huh. else is just smiling and nodding. Right. It's like it's like when people talk about sports. Yeah, it was sports when they like start talking about players, especially. Oh yeah, I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, that that guy, yeah, he's got pro- he's got a promise. Yeah, saw him in the draft. <laughs> yeah, I have I have stopped wearing any sort of sports paraphernalia. Like you know, I can't wear. I live in Columbus and I can't wear Ohio State things because people will try to talk to me about sports. I long since uh, gave up on that. <laughs> Yeah, I I never claim to be an expert in sports ever. <laughs> All right. Well, I think I think we can uh, I think we can probably wrap wrap it up there. Um, uh, did you have or well, did you have anything else you wanted to say about your uh, about your um, senior recital? I I kind of cut you off there. Um, I pretty much said what needed to be said. I got I was, the only thing I was going to say was like when it came to the audience, it wasn't like a like overflowing out the door type concert but i i'd say i filled up over half the seats Mm -hmm. which Mm -hmm. for a flute recital usually it's you're lucky if you get the first row right right. (laughs) so i was pretty proud of myself on that one and i and i still got and i still get messages occasionally from dr jelly my flute instructor and she keeps telling me she's like you had by far the craziest flute recital i've ever worked (laughs) (laughs) i'm like yes well that's that's something that's definitely something all right. Yeah. Well, well, Jason, thanks. Thanks a lot uh, for coming on. This was, this was a lot of fun. I think you had a lot of uh, really, uh, really unique insights. I, I say that to everybody that I talk to, but it seems like everybody I talk to has such a, a completely different perspective and it's, it's been a lot of fun. Thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe to the KendallCast feed on iTunes or the podcatcher of your choice. You can find everything I do as well as links to my guest's work at KendallCast.Ninja. Thanks again.